I want you to get your Bible open, if you would, please. And I want to talk today from the theme, Building a Future. Building a Future. And I want to show you the first part of this series that we've been uh, telling you about for the last few weeks. If you're going to build a future, you have to first build a new way of thinking. It all starts with that. You can have whatever dreams you desire, but if you do not think differently, nothing will change. You can get married to a new person. You can find you a new person to love. You can get a new job, move to a new city, get new clothes, buy a new car. But if you still think the same way, you'll have the same results. And so the real question is, how do you think? And if you want to know how you think, look at your results. Your results tell you a lot about your processing, and that's what I look at first. I, I'll lie to myself if I'm not careful. I'll trick myself. I'll make myself think I'm a disciplined person and I'm an athlete, but if I look at my... I had this wonderful thing, this, this Apple Watch that you guys bought me a few years ago, um, and it counts your steps, and it, it has this wonderful record-keeping system, and it, it, it gives you this, and this log at the end of the month. And you can look back and see how many steps you took. And you know, you'll lie to yourself about those steps. <laughs> it even records every time I work out, I, I, I hit a button and I can program it. Okay, I'm working out. And you can say, it asks you, how long are you going to work out? And you tell it how long you're going to work out. And, and then, and so you, but you know, it's so funny. I was looking at the record last month and I had deceived myself. I thought I did more than I. I said, something must be wrong with this watch. Something <laughs> no, I was telling the truth. Because you, every time you work out, you program yourself. Okay, I'm working out for 30 minutes or an hour, and it tracks you. tells you how far you went and how many miles you ran or whatever. And I'm telling you, it really forces you to be honest. Look at your results. Look at what your money tells you about yourself. Look at your love history. There are things you learn if you're willing to learn. And if you're willing to pay attention to how you think and how you function in life, you'll build a better future. And that's what this series is all about. My mother used to always tell me something, and it used to really be powerful because when she'd tell me to do certain things, I had this tendency to make up excuses. I'd explain away everything, and she used to say these words to me. She says, son, you have an excuse for everything. You ever heard that thing? Ooh, I used to hate when she said that. Don't, don't say that to me. Because I didn't think I was making up excuses, but... There's something about an excuse, and that's what we're going to talk about today. In our study, I've been showing you how you think affects the results in your life, and it will affect your long-term future. In the first sermon, I talked about questions, and I said the questions you ask tell a lot about you. And in Genesis chapter 3, where we started our study, we looked at the serpent who tricked Eve, into eating the fruit. Now, in this uh, study, I showed you that the way he did it was he questioned her values. And I said the first way to get you off in your mind is to get you to question your values. The questions you ask. Why I can't do that? What's wrong with that? Everybody else is doing it. That's the sign that your mind is in the wrong place. You're doing what everybody else is doing. I never will forget, I was in high school and I was sitting in study hall and I was reading a little New Testament Bible. And I wasn't trying to be spiritual, I was just sitting there reading it by myself. And, and one of the guys walked over to me and said, what are you doing? 
I said, well, I'm just, just reading. He said, what are you reading? He knew what it was. Reading the Bible, just a little, not trying to be, he said, oh, why, why are you doing that? And I said to him, I said, so I know how to live. He said, well, I know how to live. I don't have to read that book to know how to live. I said, well, how do you live? He said, like everybody else. <laughs> I said, well, do you want what everybody else has in your life? And he thought about it. He said, well, not really. I said, that's why I read something different. Every now and then in your life, you have to pause and ask yourself, why am I questioning what I know is right? Second thing I talked about was not only the questions you ask tell about your future, but I talked about the changes you make. You've changed. You've changed things. Things in your life are not the same. The changes you've made in your life are inconsistent with what you believe. I am stunned by the way Christians live. I am really surprised. We have a lot of inconsistencies up close. Up, from afar, we're one way, but up close is totally different. And so I said to you in the last two sermons, the questions you ask, the changes you make, those things affect your life. But then today we'll talk about the, the explanations you give. The excuses and the explanations you give. In Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve had eaten the fruit, God comes to them and we're going to pick up at this discussion where he starts to say, what happened? Explain what happened. And what they do is they come up with excuses. So today's teaching, repeat it with me please, say explaining, explaining. Without, excuses. without excuses. That's what I want you to do. I want this to be an excuse zone free zone for a moment. So I want you to pretend, and this is my big question for the day, what if you could not blame anybody for anything at any time in your life? Just for today. Now when you get back in the car, you can do that. But just for this exercise in here, I want you to let this be an excuse-free zone. Now here's what an excuse is. An excuse is different than an explanation. An excuse is you trying to exempt yourself or lessen the blow of something you've done wrong. You're trying to say, it's not my fault, I didn't do it, You're trying to justify it, that's what an excuse is. An explanation is simply you are just simply laying out the facts. It's a statement, an account that makes something clear. No, I, no here's what happened. I, uh, I, I, I reached up to grab peanut butter, it fell over, and, you know, um, I knocked it down. I, I, I wasn't looking, and I knocked it down. Here's an excuse. I was reaching for the peanut butter, somebody called me, and made me nervous, and, and then I, it, it, it fell down. Really. You know, an excuse is, you know, okay, I was on my way to work, and then I had a flat tire, and, you know, that's why I'm late. No, you left late going to work. You always leave late going to work. You had 10 minutes to get to work and your job is 20 minutes away. You were going to be late flat tire or not. That's an excuse, not an explanation. And so for today, I want to show you that when you live with excuses, when you think this way, you will end up Unable to receive God's best for your life. There are certain things that will never happen. And I want to say it's pretty scary to get rid of all of our excuses. Because they're fun. But Adam and Eve had this interesting history. They were the first people 
So they couldn't do what some of us do. We blame our parents for everything. They didn't have any parents. No uncles, no nephews. Imagine that. No uncles, no nephews, nobody. They're the first ones out the block. So whatever happened, it's on them. And for a moment, I want you to pretend there's nobody to blame. No, but Pastor Rick, I was abused. Okay, I got that. But just for today, we want to pause that. You know, Pastor Rick, nobody's ever loved me. And you, you got this long list of reasons that you think are explanations, but I wonder if they're really not just excuses that make you feel good about yourself. They remove all responsibility from you. It's always because of your children. It's always because of your father. It's always, it's always, it's always. And so I want to show you, if you would please, number one, God challenges Adam and Eve's explanations and excuses. And I want you to look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? This is after they'd eaten the fruit and fallen. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. This is the explanation that Adam gives. And here's what he said. Read it with him, please. He said, I was afraid, I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. Where are you, Adam? He says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm hiding. And he says things that are amazing. And then verse 11, God asks him another question. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that? Have you, have you eaten? Now, what's interesting is he never, ever answers that question. Who told you you're not good enough? Who told you that you have something to be ashamed of? Who told you? Sometimes I, sometimes I just want to say, who told you you're ugly? Who told you you're too short? Who told you? Who told you? Who told you this? Who told you your hair's not long enough? Who told you? For a minute, just pause and ask the question. It's a fair question. Who told you that? You were not adequate. Then he says, have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you? Now, you ask a personal question. Have you eaten of it? Didn't ask about anybody else. Read it with me again. Have what? Okay, now, do me a favor. Let's, do, let's, let's, let's put your name in there for a second. We know it's not you, but we're having fun. You ready? Have. No, say has. Say your name. Has. On the your name goes when I point. Focus, people, with me. Stay with me. Has. You didn't even all say it. Check your neighbor. Say, say it, please. Join the preacher. Ready? One, two, three. Has. Eaten of the fruit. That's the question. Didn't ask you about your wife, your cousin, your friend, your brother, or anybody else. Have you. Adam, eaten of the tree. Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded? It was clear. I didn't ask you. I told you. I commanded you that you should not eat it. Have you done that? Notice his explanation. <laughs> then the man said, verse 12, Genesis chapter 3, the woman whom you gave me She, she gave me of the tree. I didn't grab it. She handed it to me. I didn't touch the tree. 
and I ate it. Man, listen to this excuse. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, it's the serpent. He deceived me and I ate it. Now, that's a problem with notes because you turn the page. You don't know what I'm going to say now. Nothing's still on the front page. You done flipped over. You don't miss everything. I'm going to take them notes from you. That's what I'm going to do, praise God. Snatch them notes right out their hand. <laughs> What's powerful is you think about this, you, you look at this incredible moment where God says to them, where are you? That's where it all starts. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you really are? If you spend so much time making up excuses and blaming people, you will not know where you are. This is about you for a moment. Your money, your life, your future, you, you. Forget everybody else. We spend so much time when you tell people about your life. It's always amazing. When you, a single person, especially when they meet people. <laughs> I can't wait we meet singles. We got this singles thing coming next month. I'm doing married folks this month. But, you know, all this, all this amazing, all, when you introduce yourself, you say, well, let me tell you my life story. It all started with a rotten father. And a passive mother. My brothers didn't love me. Everybody that I've loved before broke my heart. My last love was horrible. And you just tell, and it's all about people. <laughs> Think about it for a second. When you tell your story, you know, even when you write a book, you write about people who did you wrong. And they're rotten and no good. <laughs> it's always about somebody else for a moment. I want you to erase everybody else out of the book, and I want you to just talk about you. Just for a minute. Where are you, Adam? Not your family, not your friends, not your children, you. I ask myself that as a pastor. Where are you, Pastor Rick? But then I ask even a better question. Where are you, Ricky? Forget the pastor stuff for a minute. Where is Ricky at? There are a lot of times you look at a preacher and say, I don't know about the preacher, but that part of him is louse. Confused, insecure. And then this wonderful dialogue, when he answers it, is profound. He says, I was, I was afraid. I think that's honest. I was afraid. You want to go, why are you afraid? You're living in the Garden of Eden. You got all this good stuff going on. What are you scared of? I'm afraid. And then this is the most revealing. I, I'm, I'm exposed. I am exposed. I realized I was exposed. I realized I was, there's too much of me out in the open. Everybody can see everything. So I was, I was naked. And so I hid myself. And I just wonder, can you relate to that? What are you hiding behind? You're hiding behind. I see it all the time. I sometimes see a woman, she's overly dressed nice. I go, hiding, girl. Hiding behind them heels. Your feet hurt and everything. You just, <laughs> you know you hurt. You know they hurt. Ricky with his old wicked self. Ricky is, oh, my son. Oh, my goodness. 
one time he was some girls were walking by and it was we were someplace and they had them heels on and it was in the wrong you know one of the places you don't need to wear heels and he said ouch 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 don't put him and Christina together they're horrible I'm telling you it was ouch 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 I never thought about it. it's true I've seen people down on River Street high heels on River Street and it's Two degrees, and you got your you, nothing on, and you and and the guy he got on a coat and a and a, and a turtleneck <laughs> and gloves and a hat, and you out there, ouch, 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 ouch. <laughs> what in the world? You need to put some clothes on, sister girl. Yeah, we tell him to get naked and let you try to switch up. I'm sorry. Okay. What's funny is when they see me and they recognize me, they go, hey, Pastor Rick. <laughs> I said, you call baby? No, okay. Anyway, no. <laughs> Sometimes I try to hide so I make them feel bad, you know. I feel sorry for myself. I know you're cold. Okay. Stay with me, people. He's, he's, he's afraid he's naked and he's hiding. And, and the Lord looks at him and asks the most profound question, who? He knows he's been talking to somebody. You didn't get this way by accident. If you can identify the who in your life, you can change a lot of things in your life. Who has affected your thinking? Who is the person that convinced you that that's okay? Who is the person? It's really tragic because sometimes you are the who. You let somebody astray. You convince somebody. You talk them into being intimate. And you lied to them. And you now have disappeared nine months later. And you don't know what time it is or what day it is. Who? You know, in order to change your future, you got to change some of the who's. Some of the who's in your life. And this is hard. This is tough. This is the difference between success and failure. Who told you this? Who told you you were naked? Who is the person that lied to you? And did you do what I said don't do? You know why God says don't do things? It's not because he's up in heaven saying, I have nothing else to do. I'm going to make a rule. Hey, is one. Don't sleep with people you're not married to. Ah, don't do it. Don't have sex before marriage. Just thought that up. Just thought I'd put that on you. Ah, here's another one. Don't get intoxicated. Watch yourself. Stay sober. Just made that up. Nothing else to do. I'm just God making rules. No. No. You know why he, can, you know why he makes those rules? Because he's the Alpha and the Omega. He sees the beginning and the end. He sees the first step and he sees the A and the Z. He gets it. Son, you live from A to Z. That's how you know. When you raise children, from A to Z, you see them get grown and gone. And then you see them at two years old acting up and parents acting like it's funny when they're cussing. You see the Alpha and the Omega. You say, that's not going to be funny long. Come on, say amen. You hear me? That's not going to be funny long. When you see them hanging out, and that's nothing about this. You, you go into school getting a free education, which is not true all around the world. Nobody, it's free. It's not free for me because I'm paying for it, by the way. My tax dollars are paying for you to go to school free. Now, now, listen, you go, you go to school, and, and so those of us who have lived a while, we know you're going to need a job. 
We know you're going to need food. You're going to need a place to stay. We know that. And so when we see you skip school to go hang out and play video games, we know the end of that. We see the A to the Z. We've lived. Who told you? Who told you that's okay? Who told you that was what you should do? Who, who pulled you into that? You in love? Is that what's got you hooked up? All you got to do is be in love for a while with somebody gorgeous and pretty. There is a price tag attached to all of that. And Adam and Eve missed it. <laughs> it's amazing. If you notice three lessons from this whole exchange. Three lessons. Number one, Adam and Eve were easily influenced. It didn't take long. One conversation is all that's recorded. Just one. They may have had more, but this only thing we have to go by is one conversation. How much effort is required to change the way you think? It's amazing. All, one friend, one conversation, one date, one movie, one, one song, and you have completely changed everything in your life. Amazing. Secondly, it's amazing that Adam and Eve were caught up in what I call the going to the next level thing. You remember the serpent told me, he says, you need to eat the fruit because God knows it's going to make you wiser. You're going to go to the next level if you do this. Look, hey, take a hit. There you go. Oh, boy, another level. <laughs> another level. I'm telling you, this, this, this right here, food. Fix you up, boy. And some of you say, Pastor, we can do that real good. <laughs> I told y'all I watch TV now. I don't. <laughs> I've been around people who did that. I should have. I act like you, like you so holy. You don't know what I'm talking about. You have seen some people, and and I'm telling you, the Alpha and the Omega, <laughs> the end ain't too cool. And 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 so I, you, you just you sit there and you look at these two people and you go, one brief conversation has made you change all your values. Didn't take but one, one talk. And now look at the outcome of your life. This idea of next level, next level, next level, next level. I, I believe in going to the next level. I believe in advancing. I, I, I really do. I, I, I'm probably, like Andy Stanley said, you know, one of those addicted people. I measure everything. Oh, we measure everything around here. Attendance, growth, percentage of attendance, everything, everything. There's a review meeting every Tuesday at 1030. They go over every single thing, everything. How many people are streaming? Watch, I measure everything. I like, I like progress. I like to see if I'm making. But one of the problems is you get in trouble always trying next level, next level, next level, and never being content. <laughs> Just learning how to settle. Adam and Eve were pulled off target because they got caught up in that. Nothing wrong with dreaming about the next level, but you have to learn how to pace yourself. And the third lesson before I close here is it, it, it was easy to blame everybody and never mention your contribution. They never once said, I did anything. Listen, Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. Nobody, nobody blamed themselves. 
And I want to just pause and go back to you for a minute and, and say, who do you blame? If we, if we have a conversation, you probably, like I said in the beginning, will blame someone. So for a moment, let's blame nobody. For a moment, let's just sit back and say, I'm not going to blame anybody. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to look, look at my life and pretend I'm Adam and Eve. And whatever happened, happened. Whatever abuses happened, happened. But from today, going to the next 10 years, I want to build a future. And I need to think differently. And I need to make up no excuses because now it's on me. When is it on you? Okay, so say I was a rotten parent and I'm your dad. Okay, so when is it your turn? Am I like going to be blamed until you die? When do you get a chance to say this is your car now? You bought the car. You are responsible for what this car becomes. It's not my job. At what point is it your job and your responsibility? See, this church right now has an incredible opportunity to build a future for the next generation. We build the resources, the assets, the cash, the facilities, all the things we're going to do. That's what this Building a Future campaign you're going to hear about in a few weeks is all about. Us thinking about the future. No excuses. Say what's wrong. Explain what happened. And go forward. And I want you to just for a minute pretend that you did that in your life. Stop being angry with people. Stop blaming people. Stop making that your big issue. I want you to say, no excuses. Here's what I did. And here's what I'm going to do. And what I tell myself, I have this thing that I deal with all the time. Sometimes I'm trying to go forward, right, build a future. And what I didn't do will come to my mind. And some people say, you should have done this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And here's what my answer to that is. I'm doing that right now. Let's practice. Come on. No, I'm sitting there. Come on. What? You look in the mirror and it's not really like what you want, right? You said, I'm working on that right now. There you go. <laughs> I just started. <laughs> and, and mean it. Do it now. No excuses. No more, no more, no more, no more looking back. No more dragging people's names up. Nope, no, my husband did me wrong and now I'm in trouble. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm working on that now. I'm getting out of debt. I'm not going to, my, 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 no, no, I didn't go to school, fine. Okay, now I'm, 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 I'm applying now. I'm looking it up now. I'm taking a class now. I'm taking a seminar now. I'm doing it now. I didn't read much in the past. I'm reading now. See, what? there you go. There you go, one page. Just go, re- go read one page, you'll feel better. Stop living and dwelling and using the past as some license to feel pity all your life. It's time to go forward. It's time to build a future. Come on, say amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I think it's important to close with what happened to them. Because God did respond to their explanations. First of all, he punished everybody. Separately. You know, I used to hate those corporate whippings. All right, I'm going to beat everybody in here. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons they got rid of paddling in school because people did stuff like that. It's one of the reasons. I remember one time in, in gym class, he's all right, squad number two, you better get in line. I'm going to paddle all of you over this loudspeaker. And I, and I said, well, okay, I'm in line, I'm in line, I'm in line. Y'all, y'all got, you guys better get in line. And sure enough, all right. Count down, squad number two, five, four, three, two, one. 
report to the office. It's time. And they'd line us up. And they'd paddle. I said, well, I was in line, coach. He said, well, too bad, Temple. Your friends weren't. I thought that's why they got rid of this. <laughs> God didn't do that. God said, come here, Adam. <laughs> come here, Eve. Come here, servant. Everybody gets it separately. Then it's fair. Repeat this with me, please. Say, lift your hand up. Come on. Say, I will, I will be, judged be judged alone. alone. Think about that. Won't my children be affected? I understand there's an impact that your children can be impacted, but you stand before God alone. It's important to understand that. Be blessed alone. And that's hard. It's hard to be blessed and watch everybody around you get judged. It's hard to be blessed. It is. It's tough. That's why when you get blessed, I, I did this. You get blessed, you give all your money away because you're trying to help the people who didn't do what God said. And now you're trying to give all your money to them. And that's why you broke too. Come on, say amen. amen. That just helps somebody. I know that helps you right there. I'm not against helping people. I'm a, big, I'm a generous person. But sometimes you can't help people because God has determined they won't listen. So what he said, what's going to happen is, I'm going to show you what he said. He said, what's going to happen? I'm going to show you. Hold on for a second. He said, he said they pockets. I'm going to put holes in them. You can give it to them, but I'm gonna, they're going to lose it every time, every time you give them something because they don't do what I say. I'm going to put a hole in their pocket, and you can give them money over and over again. It's when they stop using excuses and honor God. Come on, say amen if you hear me, church. Number two, God never acknowledged their explanations. He never talked about all that stuff they said. He, didn't, he just said, mm-hmm. No need going through all that. Eve did this to you and all that and serpent and all. I'm just going to talk to each of you individually. Number three, everything became harder. Having a baby became harder. Feeding yourself became harder. Let me read it for you. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. The woman's punishment. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be to your husband, and he shall rule over you. Wow. She lost the right to be equal. Prior to the fall, women were equal in, in, in the family context. There was no uh, man leading woman. It was, they were both equal. After the fall, it was a wartime situation. He said, now he needs to rule. Somebody's got to lead, not choose the guy. You may not like that. And here's what he said. Women are going to struggle with that. Their desire will be to their husband. They're going to struggle with that. They're going to feel like, man, something's not right here. Why does he lead me? <laughs> Why he ain't that small? Why he lead me? <laughs> Oh, if they could tell you how they really feel, guys, I'm telling you. Oh, they be saying that kind of stuff to each other. I don't know to submit to who. I don't know about that submission style. <laughs> you better submit to me. <laughs> submission is not about being smarter than anybody. It's about being in alignment. It's a military term. The commanding officer is not always smarter. It's just that he's supposed to be leading. You pray he is. <laughs> There's something about this punishment, though. The woman's going to now have a challenge being fruitful. Notice, fruitfulness becomes more difficult. And what's really interesting about this whole idea of fruitfulness becoming more difficult, imagine, women, if you can have a baby, it was, hey, there you go, it's over. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine if you can get rid of all the pain and all the other stuff to go along with it. You just wake up, one, oh, I'm pregnant, six months, okay, oh, there it goes, oh, praise God, that's it. <laughs> Some of you say, I'd have a whole bunch more children. Hey, there go another one, praise God. That's the, that's the, <laughs> I mean, it'd be easy, you know what I'm saying? If you had the money, you know what I'm saying? It didn't hurt, bam. Oh, how many of y'all had two in the last two years? Bam, there you go. 
Now some of them had the baby at 2 o'clock and be ready to work at 2.30. But I say, hey, let's roll. It's, it's like, I mean, that'd be great, right? It ain't like that, though. You know they coming. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I watched dying two times. I'm telling you, I was tired myself. I wasn't even doing nothing, but I was tired. Mm, thank you, Jesus. The man, he said to the Adam, he said, verse 17, because you've indeed, you've heeded the voice of your wife and eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Curse is the ground for your sake. Curse is the ground for whose sake? It's no longer smarter for me to make this easier. If I make this easier for you, you'll die this way. You need to grow out of this. I need to let this be tougher. And the serpent, of course, he punished him. And at the end of the day, the end of the day, everything changed. But it all started with excuses. It all started with changing the way they thought. Next week, I'm going to switch gears on you a little bit. And I'm going to talk about people who will not respond no matter what God says. I'm going to show you one guy who would not change. His thinking, his attitude, his thinking was so rigid and so rebellious, there was no way that God can change. And I want to ask you next week, are you stuck? Are you stuck in a way and in a place and in a line of thought that says to God, this person will never respond and they will never, ever change the way they process. They're, they're not progressible. God will never be able to advance you. We'll study that in Genesis chapter 4 next week. But look with me, if you would, please, as I close. And I want you to think about this for a minute. What is your explanation for your life outcome? Do you have a person you blame for everything that has gone wrong in your life? Do you have any, any part in it? Can you own any of it? Well, think about that. But like I told you, I'm done with that. Now you can pick it back up all your excuses again. Now you're back to yourself. You can leave out of here and you can carry all that with you and say, okay, I'm back to blaming. And you start naming them. Or you can say, I want to build a future. I choose to think differently. I'm not going to blame my previous church, previous pastor. I'm not going to carry any of that. I want a different future for my life. Let's pray. Father, I pray that what we've talked about today has been helpful and inspirational. I pray that the message we've heard today will give life and strength to those who've heard it. I pray that the power of the word of God will have lifted lives today and taken them in these last 34 minutes, 35 minutes to a new place of thought. I pray in Jesus' name that the power of the word would heal hearts and lives. Let them leave this place, whether they're in the building or at home watching with a different vision of the future. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I heard you, and I, I'm glad I came, and I want to get closer to God, well, let me pray a prayer for you. Jesus died for you that you might be free. Listen to this prayer and see if this prayer aligns with what you want to do. Jesus, come into my life. Help me get closer to you. I know you died on the cross for me, and I want you to be the Lord of my life. I don't know how to live a perfect life, but I want you to be the Lord of my life. And so today I surrender my life to you. After hearing this message, I want to start a new walk with you. And I ask you to forgive me and give me a brand new start. 
in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you said, Pastor Rick, that prayer was exactly what I needed to pray. I want that for my life. I want to start a walk with God today. Raise your hand so I can know that's you. You're saying, yeah, that's me, Pastor. That prayer was for me. I see your hand. Anybody else? 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 Saying, Pastor, that's my prayer. Put your hand up and put it right back down. Thank you for raising your hand. Some of you raised your heart. Father, I pray for those who raised their hand, both here and at home or wherever they are. Let this be the beginning of a new walk for them, a new start. We thank you for your love, and we thank you for your forgiveness. In the name of Jesus. And everybody say, amen. amen. Now listen, here's what I want you to do. At the end of the service, there are...